A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Hunt. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm great. We just rewatched the six-man tag from the UK tournament show on WWE. It was British Strong Style versus the Undisputed Era. We were there that night. We were there last Monday to watch that live at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, and what a match it was, but watching it back just then... Holy moly. Great stuff. I told you, man. I told you it was good. But, like, I mean, you are right that it's quite easy to dismiss something that you watch live, particularly when you're a bit intoxicated mm. when watching it, that you might have made it seem better in your head than it actually was. But I knew that match was good. Yeah, I have a rule where if I've watched something drunk, I kind of discount it. And I, I have to see a proper sober feed of it. Like uh, the first Keith Lee Ishii match... I was, sto- I was sober because you I was driving that night. And that's how I knew it was so good. But all the matches the second night, when I got lost, even though I was only 15 minutes away from my house, yeah, I'm not going to... I need to rewatch those, really. Yeah, I was, I'm, I was quite drunk that night. Mm. I don't remember a lot of it. Um, but I remember enjoying myself. and That's, that's it. You just leave with an over, overall sense of, yeah. And sometimes that's the main yeah. thing. Absolutely. Would you like... Uh, oh, actually, before we go into the correspondence, can I start off this podcast with some terribly bad news oh now you may rec- seriously bad news well you may recall on a saturday show i was bidding on a set oh of- i thought you were gonna say something about jaron and he's kind of not girlfriend <laughs> no no well, i haven't heard from jaron so jaron walker so i'm assuming everything's fine there but i was bidding on some sega trading cards from the early 90s and i was outbid by one pound in the last 10 minutes and I didn't realise until it had ended. How much were you willing to spend? I would have gone up to £20 uh, to get them, but it was it was one at 16 So granted, I don't know what their top bid was, but I was willing to go to 20 Bearing in mind, there are some people on there who are selling them individually for £2 each. Wow. And this was a job lot of 70 of them. I mean, you can sell stuff for £2 each. Whether people will buy stuff for two pounds each is another question exactly and i was quite happy to buy the job lot of 70 of them even if i only really wanted 10 of them mm. i uh i so i needed to spend some money on amazon on friday you had to i had to 
because I needed some batteries for the studio. And they're an add-on item. So I had to... They wouldn't ship it out willy-nilly oh, right. to me on Prime. So I had to buy something that would push the order over £20. And I was like, I don't want anything. Because you're not a material I'm man. I'm not a material man. So I was like, you know what? I'm really into Nintendo at the moment. I'm just going to buy some Mario figures. And I, I lost half an hour looking at Mario figures and Nintendo memorabilia. That is not where I was expecting this to go. I thought you were just going to say I was going to buy a Switch game. No, because I can just download those. Oh, I didn't have to yeah, buy the true. physical yeah, versions. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted something physical. I wanted something to put on my desk or bring into work. But yeah, I didn't in the end. I just what? ended up buying more batteries. <laughs> So depressing. I like wasted half an hour. Oh, mate. Yeah, with nothing to show for it. Anyway, you said you've got some good oh, correspondence. If, oh. if the batteries are an add-on item, how can you just buy more add-on items? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I apparently over twenty pounds. I bought twenty pounds worth of batteries. Well, I mean, I need to spend twenty pounds on mm. Sega trading cards from twenty years ago. You know, we have our vices. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's more than twenty years ago. Maybe thirty years ago. It's weird to think that the 90s is approaching a long time ago. Oh, and look, it's yeah. easy to just say two decades. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's absolutely not. Uh, so we've got quite a bit of correspondence here. I'm going to save um, possibly my new favourite correspondence we've ever had. I'm going to save that for the outro. It's a nice little tease big for you claim. there. Big claim. Big claim. But a uh, big shout out first off to Victor Julio, who got in touch to say, I'm just here to say that this is the GOAT podcast and I'm the only probably brazilian listener please read this out on the podcast so that a spelt swift nation can know the wrestle ramble is also worldwide thanks for the consistency on the podcast viva brazil yeah countries so we've got a nice brazilian listener there and we've got this email here from steven zuchich which is a name you might recognize from saturday's show as he was the one who submitted the aurora rose um crap gimmick that you and I did not sign. Uh, and, we, and this is about the Lana stuff, right? Well, yeah, because you and I, like, he said that uh, she was dressed like Lana. And we were like, well, I don't understand why she's dressed like Lana. Yeah, yeah. And we've had, I've been inundated with messages on Twitter and on the uh, on YouTube going like, you guys are idiots because it's a Sleeping Beauty reference. Because Aurora was the name of the character from Sleeping Beauty. And it's like a narcoleptic gimmick. It's was a sleeping gimmick. Yes. Yeah. Fun fact for you. Did so, you know that? No. I, as, soon as, I, so, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, yeah, I do recall hearing that before. I've never heard that. So that's what it was. And Lana's dress is Sleeping Beauty-esque. Now, I would argue, if you were going for a Sleeping Beauty gimmick, just say Sleeping Beauty. Don't say Lana and expect me to put two and two together. Because yeah. if you say Lana, I think dancing. I'm not thinking sleeping. I agree. That's too many bits of connect. The too, too many steps that you've assumed. Don't assume we're smart. No, absolutely not. You've got to not. spell this out oh, for God, us. We're, we're so dumb. Um, Ollie, thought, Ollie thought last week it was a five-way match at Extreme Rules. And that was never said at all. I still dispute <laughs> that. I'm sure someone said five-way. I was so added because I check everything. I must have heard five-way. It's probably Coachman. Yeah. Or Kurt. <laughs> it's not like Kurt 
doesn't botch lines. Absolutely not. So anyway, Stephen Zuchich has got involved with The Day I Met Rusev. Hearing others share their story, I wanted to share mine. Smackdown was in Indiana, Pennsylvania, I think that's Pennsylvania, PA, for a live event on a Monday before they were in Pittsburgh for the taping in March this year. It was only two weeks before Mania. We got tickets on both shows since I basic- I live basically in between the two show locations. Sorry, may, may, may I stop you? Yes. A raw live event on Monday. Uh, Smackdown was in Indiana, Pennsylvania for a live event on okay. a Monday. Okay, okay, I thought it was a raw. Yeah, that yeah. wouldn't make sense otherwise, but carry on. We got tickets for both shows since I basically live in between the two show locations. I was meeting a friend and I wanted to go early so we could eat and possibly meet some in WWE. Indiana isn't very big. There is a place to eat a few hundred yards away. I go into Hoss's Steakhouse. Nice, Hoss. Hoss's Steakhouse. And Ooh. who should you find there? Of course you did. Lana and Rusev sitting in the waiting area. I'm a little taken aback. I asked the host if my friend had arrived. She told me to look around and see. As I walk through, I'm going right past them and I have to say something. So he's there on his phone drinking coffee, I assume, and I say, Hey, what's up, Rusev? He barely even notices me. But I had my hand out to give him five. He didn't pay attention, but I slapped his hand anyway. I kept walking and said, yeah, happy Rusev day. I could tell as I slapped his hand, he wasn't entertained. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed he had stopped and looked at me. I did not turn around for fear of my life and just kept going. It was terrifying. My friend was also not there yet, so I went back to the waiting area. They were still there. I waited until he got there. I felt like such an idiot. I'll attach the pic I snapped anyway, lol. And then he sent us a picture of that he's just surreptitiously taken of Rusev and Lana in a waiting area. Creepy. Hoss's Steakhouse. Creepy and kind of illegal. I know that here you have to get permission to take people's photos. Mm. Uh, I've got one more wrestling encounter to read you from James. Oh, I was was just going to put my two cents in on that. Please do, yeah. Let's unpack it. So was Rusev on the phone when you started talking to him? Or was he playing on his phone? Uh, well, let me let me go. Like looking at your phone and talking to someone on the phone. I tell you what. Hang on. Let me see. Because if I... no wonder he was annoyed with you. Let me find trying out. Trying to have his in the hosses stakes. The day I met Rusev. I mean, in the image I've got, he's only holding coffee. Lana is on her phone, but uh, he's only holding coffee at the moment, uh, wearing a basketball jersey mm. and looking. Very manly, as Rusev often does. Well, I've, I've, I'm sure Stephen had it under control. I'm sure but, he did uh, as well. You should, people should respect privacy. Well, I mean, I'm always in the, the same boat. However, I always subscribe to Rob Zombie's theory that, you know, they might forget that tomorrow, but you'll remember it for the rest of your life. So you should always say hello to people. That's a great mentality that kind of falls down practicality wise when you're really tired and you've just come out of a WWE booking meeting where your push is going to be delayed for another and I'm just here I just want to focus on my steak and play on my phone a little bit oh why is this guy high-fiving me but I'm sure you did great Stephen so we've got an email here from James Dillon James is a pledge hammer uh, and he's uh, written in to say I've been enjoying the letters you're reading detailing pledge hammers meetings progresses not just pledge hammers uh, James Dillon it's anyone anyone in the pod swafters the swaft nation the after swafters anyone who's met a pro wrestler can send a message uh, you should name the section if you get more submissions it's not a bad idea ah. like poetry corner that no one cares which about. no one cares about I've had a few people who said that they you know 
I think they find it passable. Speaking of, being in Central Florida, I have attended many local promotions and even the pre-NXT shows when they were FCW. I've got to say hello to some up-and-comers, but I always seek out the legends. I've got to talk to Robbie Brookside, Norman Smiley, mm. the late great Dusty Rhodes, Haku, and one half of the Wild Samoans, Affa. One of the standout encounters was none other than Scotty Too Hoddy. He was doing a couple of ex uh, WXW owned by Affa when I first met him. If you have the chance to meet him, I highly suggest it. I'll put it on my to-do list. Yeah. 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 You know, do the washing up, go shopping, meet Scotty Too Hoddy at, at a wrestling show. He does the occasional independent appearance. He can still go. Of course he can. He was an incredible wrestler. Very underrated. Scotty is a great guy who was very approachable. He was at his merch table and took the time to talk to everyone, especially the kids. Scotty even took a moment to show a few kids how to do the worm. Yes. A few weeks later, I ran into him again at an FCW show and had more time to talk to him. Scotty genuinely seems to love what he's accomplished in wrestling. And even though at the time he was training to be a firefighter, he really enjoyed having the chance to entertain. I know Scotty is now a trainer for NXT, so seeing him in the ring might become a rarity. I always respected his work, but became a fan after meeting and talking with him. On the other side of the coin, former TNA star mm. Matt Morgan has a kid who goes to the same school as my daughter. <laughs> He's now a local council member who I see from time to time. He doesn't appear to be very approachable in the wrestling fan capacity now, as most of his public appearances are politically fueled. Kind of disappointing. Thanks for letting me share with this. This is a pretty cool segment. That's from James Dillon. Damn, imagine dropping your daughter off at school and all the other mums are there. And you're like, hey, mums, how's it going? Trying to be the big dad on campus. And then who should walk up? But the blueprint, <laughs> Matt Morgan. There's terrible entrance music playing on his phone whenever he walks into a room. And all the all the mums are like, I don't, I've got no time for you now. I'm just going to try and talk to Matt freaking Morgan. Are all these mums Jim Cornette? Yes. He's going to be the best. <laughs> I'm just doing, damn it, I'm doing Bruce Pritchard's version of <laughs> Of, uh, of, of Jim Cornette. Of poor old Jimmy. Well, should we get on with the show? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, oh, we've gone way over. We've gone, we've way, gone over. way over. And I was, I was actually going to say that was my last bit of correspondence, so yeah, it's fine. Well, that's good, because we have, according to Luke, don't get too excited, the best thing you've ever heard coming up in the outro. Where one of the biggest talking points is Bailey attacking Sasha Banks after their six-woman tag together. They were on the same team, and Banks gets pinned with a roll-up, and not even a second, not even a little bit of nasty word exchange between them, Bailey just went straight for her and beat her up, which makes sense. Leading on from last week's confrontations between the two, where Bailey cruelly threw a plastic water bottle at the car Sasha Banks was driving off in, but doesn't so much make as much sense when they wrestled a match together after. So, after months and months and months of this being one of the worst storylines in WWE, where sometimes they're friends, sometimes they're enemies, it never quite clicked, it just went on and on and on and everyone lost interest, we said it was the worst feud of the year. Beyond Lashley and Zayn, just because it's been going on for so long with no payoff. However, when they finally clashed last night, the San Diego crowd went absolutely crazy for them, and it felt like a big time angle. And Bailey feels like a, like she's got some momentum. Well, that's only because it's her hometown. San Jose is her hometown. San Jose, California. Where were they? San Diego. I thought they were in San Jose. I thought that's why they were going so big for her. I think they were just excited to see this finally pay off. Because she was getting the biggest babyface reaction. Mm. Like, people were so into her beating up Sasha Banks. 
um, even though the commentators were not. The commentators were very much playing this up that this was a heel move for them to do, and this was like a oh, Bailey's gone too far. Almost yeah. doing the doing the the calm, the solemn voice where you're like, I can't believe she's doing this. I can't believe what we're seeing. Bailey's this is, lost it, guys. This is one of the worst beatdowns I've ever seen on this show in the history of Monday Night Raw. She's thrown her into the steel steps. I cannot well, think of anything that's worse ever. And I think the barricade. Mm. Oh, jeez. So they did all of this. All the while, the crowd are chanting, yes, and Bailey, Bailey. Which was just, it was this really weird juxtaposition. But it was a show-long storyline because at the start, Alicia Fox is back. Um, so Alicia Fox was backstage and Kurt Ang- and Bailey got about that. And Bailey was standing next to her. And Kurt Angle comes up and he says, I've, I've got it here. Um, just says that uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks are teaming up with, with Ember Moon tonight to take on the Riot Squad. And then later on, you saw... Why? Let's, let's stop there first. Let's unpack this. By the way, we enjo- I enjoyed the show overall. I, I thought it was a good episode of Raw. That's interesting. I, I thought it was a particularly mediocre... Well, not mediocre, but a bland show. Okay. But uh, yeah. But well, we'll get to that in the, in the larger I got, review. I, I got a message from someone today who claimed that it was the worst Raw of the year. I, which you know, I, I do not agree with. It was far from the worst of the there, year. There are many worse episodes. Yeah. Don't underestimate how bad Raw's been this year. And uh, yeah, so Kurt comes in and he's like, you and Banks have got to team together with Ember Moon to finally settle this once and for all with the Riot Squad. And I'm just thinking, why do they have to do that? Why do they have to fight for the infinite time? To get, why do they have to team together? Well, I was going to say, why is that the logical next step in this feud progression, Kurt? I was going to say, you just said at the start of this, you were just like, they finally collided, and I was like, haven't we had the finally collided like sequence of these two multiple times now? They've had beatdowns in the ring with each other. This felt like the most final, <laughs> but like- you know, I, we'll get to why it might not be in a bit. But I yet, yeah, so Kurt Angle had a bad night. Uh, not just from his performance, but I thought character-wise, he's raw general manager. He had my favourite line of the show, though. Like, we'll, we'll get to it, but like mm. when he's when he meets with Bailey the second time backstage, he had my. F- I-, I laughed out loud the uh, the verbiage at him. Yes, yes, at him. Unfortunately, but you, you're and making us. And, and it was not his fault. It was the words that he was given. Yeah. Oh, was it? It's. You think it's a better line than my best friend and training partner. <laughs> Ronda Rousey. Oh, this I'm was, Natalia. This was so much better than that. Well, in in the sense of it, I thought it was worse than that one, mm. and that one was very bad. So, really, why is this match against the Riot Squad happening? That that like I, I don't know why well, it had to. Why Kurt was so serious and it was such a pressing encounter because Bailey still has not beaten the Riot Squad. She has lost to them every single time they've been in the ring together. Mm. And she, is they, that true? Did they beat them? I, Did they beat them? I last haven't week? paid attention, but I wouldn't be so adamant to declare that because this is this has been going on for about three years. <laughs> it's true. I'd be surprised if there wasn't one victory. Do you remember there were people who were like, "They're going to be a WrestleMania match. Bailey and Banks is going to be one of the big WrestleMania matches." And here we are, two mm. months after WrestleMania, and it still hasn't really started. Yeah, we're like we're six months into this storyline now. <laughs> um. So. They have the match later on where they're forced to team together. And they... So they're with Ember Moon and Ember Moon's kind of brought them together. Moon is so good. Oh, she's it's, amazing. It's a shame she's not in a storyline, oh, really. It's, it, she's incredible. Like, as soon as she came out, I'm like, 
A, you feel like a star. Mm. And B, when she's in the ring, I'm just like, God, you're just an incredible performer. You're su- she's such a good wrestler. She just outshone, like, outshines everyone else in the ring. I think she's got the best dive out the ring. Oh, yeah. In the, in the company. I, I would be inclined to agree with you. She, she could, just throws herself. She just, it, it's like a bullet. Mm. It's like the meteorite that killed the dinosaurs. It's that fast. Luke read a book recently. He hasn't shut up about dinosaurs. <laughs> I haven't read a book. I read an excerpt from a book. <laughs> Not even a full book, folks. Uh, so, and, and I, this is me eating some humble pie. Yum, 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 yum. Because Ember Moon's, I'm, 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 oh, yeah? I'm into Ember Moon. I said I wasn't really into her before. Mm. Uh, but Banks and Bailey, they worked together for what was a fun match against the Riot Squad. And yeah, as, as I said, as soon as the bell rang, Bailey went straight for Banks. And it did feel like a heelish thing. And like you said, the commentators were playing up. But there is a justification there for Bailey just being wound up over all these months. And this is the final blow off it's just a shame that banks didn't do anything to deserve it this is still very much a gray area no one has turned heel on each other they're both still like baby faces with i guess legitimate if asinine reasons to be annoyed didn't banks attack her backstage last week they but they were like talking and she threw the first punch right. i wouldn't say that was like a blindsided attack no it wasn't and they would never have had that like, I guess the closest was in the Elimination Chamber, but they were in a match against each other. <laughs> when Banks made the the stupidest decision she's ever made, yeah. ever. Oh, we've got a two-on-one advantage here. I'm going to eliminate one of the people that's helping me. Now's the time Now's to turn the time on Bailey. to Bailey. turn on Bailey. And, yeah, so so I the to answer the did Bailey turn heel, um, no. That I think they just came to blows at the latest stage. Hopefully, like in a perfect world, this would now lead into a storyline where Banks slowly becomes more heelish and Bailey becomes more babyface and you get that really great NXT rivalry that they had. But after this match, Kurt Angle is again, for some reason, very annoyed at Bailey. Considering what else happens on the show where Braun Strowman flips people's cars willy-nilly, this is the thing that Angle's upset about. This is where I got my favourite line of the show. Go for it. Which is when he said, he goes, what are you doing out there? Do you not care about the women's revolution? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the raw women's revolution. <laughs> like, who would say that? In a real world scenario, who was that? Do you not care about the WWE women's revolution trademark? If Well, if I ever did, you just asking me that <laughs> means I don't care about them anymore. It's... I really struggle with Kurt's character at the moment because all these decisions and promos and segments that he has backstage has no weight to them whatsoever because he's he's just an authority, a one-dimensional authority figure. Sometimes he's undermined. Sometimes he's all-powerful. I just It's a really infuriating lack of consistency. This is a sentence that you, I never thought I would ever say, but thank God Baron Corbin's making Kurt Angle interesting. Baron Corbin's knocking it out the park. He's, he's great in this role. Yeah, yeah. He's so good. But did you think that if you'd have asked like two years ago, Kurt Angle's going to come back and he's going to be really boring. But you know who's going to save him? Baron Corbin. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't have expected that. You're right. But, you know, that's not to say that this is a complete win. This is like <laughs> Baron Corbin is good for the rubbishness of this whole thing. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not like this is Steve Austin taking <clears throat> off. Uh, so... Yeah, and Kurt's angry, rather needlessly and for for no reason, at Bailey, And he says, well, you are going to go to counselling or you're fired. And Bailey was like, what? And I was like, 
what? And this is where I knew it wasn't a Bailey heel turn. Because I did write in my notes, is that supposed to be a Bailey heel turn? Because obviously it didn't really make a lot, because the crowd were like going nuts, but the commentators were very much playing like it was a very, like, you know, a really heelish action to do. But the first thing she said when she got backstage was like, Kurt, I can, I can explain. I was like, oh, cool, she's apologizing for it. It's definitely not a heel turn then. Yeah, you had a, a legitimate badass moment where you were beating someone up and still over as a baby face. Yeah, that's 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 scrap that immediately. Yep. Better apologize for that. So on WWE's YouTube channel, they also uploaded a 40 second clip of Kurt Angle going to see Sasha Banks in the trainer's room after this match. And he informed her also that she will be attending counseling, too. Yes. Yeah, so when Kurt told Bailey that she was going into counseling, I thought, ah, oh, right. So it's the return of Dr. Shelby. Right, and we're going to do some skits of with Hell that. No. Hell, yeah, Team Hell No. And then I didn't know that there was this YouTube video until you showed it to me, and I was like, "Oh right, yes, yeah, so they're definitely going to be doing this sort of Team Hell No dynamic um, for Bailey and Banks." We get, you know, get some skits next week, I guess. So Banks and Bailey are going to be forced to kind, I, I imagine, to overcome their differences. Uh, this this fills me with dread. It could be good. It could be good because who really saw that Daniel Bryan and Kane thing taken off the way it did? And that was really, really fun. But then Bryan is a really good promo. Kane is good at straight man comedy, as you saw back in the Attitude Era and, and stuff like that. Nothing that Bailey and Banks have ever done has me confident that they can pull off this comedic odd couple tag team. Yeah. Act. It, it, this this does continue to be one of the worst storylines, if not the worst storyline WWE have done all year. But it was good in <laughs> in the segment where she was beating her down. It was good and it was on fire. And then after, how do you follow up that hotness with a counselling joint counselling session? Mm. It sounds like crap. It sounds like real yeah. bad stuff. But you know, I was about to say sometimes we say we say things are going to be really bad and then they turn out to be all right. But then there are other times when we were like, oh, that Bobby Lashley sister segment sounds like it's going to be horrendous. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yep. When everyone was like, hey, man, that interview backstage with Bobby, that was, you know, that, that so could pay him. off. Yeah, it could humanize him. What did we get the next week or two weeks later? Yeah. The Bobby Lashley sisters do not trust in this company. Just assume it's going to go bad and then we can all be pleasantly delighted if Banks and Bailey hit it off as an odd couple tag team. Yeah. I just don't... There's not even any comedic potential here between the two. No, because I think they're going to play it straight. Yeah. I think they're going to play oh. this 100% serious. Because it's like not... You have to after that, that angle, right? At that angle and the commentary, you have to play that straight now. Because here's the other thing. Why are Banks and Bailey feuding? They are, or were, best friends, and now they're not. Exactly. There is nothing to sink your teeth into there. They're not even the, the larger-than-life characters that they were in NXT. Banks has been flattened out from her. I'm the boss. You know, do, I carry bling and I make everything look cool. It's boss time. She's no longer that. She's just a female wrestler. Bailey is no longer the hugger with the, all the cool stuff that, and hugging and fans. Underdog. Yeah, she's just a female wrestler. So now, how are you going to put just two flattened out female characters with a generic best friend relationship? Where's, where's the comedy to mind there? I mean, how can they really compete against the best friendship of Natalia and Ronda Rousey? Or uh. Alexa Bliss and Mickey James? Uh. 
Cover Slayer. That's right, WrestleTalk issue 5 is available to order right now. Here it is, in all its 48 full colour page glory. What have we got in here this month? Oh, all sorts of stuff. We've got all the latest, the news that you want to sink your teeth into, TV report, pay-per-view report, a full breakdown of the Greatest Royal Rumble, loads of reviews, an interview with the prestigious one, Joe Hendry. Mm, Joe Hendry. And the Don Callis interview. And Don Callis interview. Our other best buddy. And uh, a very fascinating article on the history of the European title. Mm. If you are a uh, sort of a... Yeah, it's like a four-page history there. Yeah. If, If you're a bit of a geek... When it comes to the wrestling history and the stats and and bits like that, what like what a weird belt! <laughs> what a weird belt it was. It was at one point prestigious, I yeah. think. Here's you got D'Lo Brown, Al Snow, D'Lo Brown, the first ever Eurocontinental champion. Yeah, but don't tell that to Kurt Angle because he doesn't believe that's true. And uh, Kurt Angle will tell you that he was the first Eurocontinental champion, apart from D'Lo Brown, but he doesn't count. And how that can tie into the UK titles and these other sort of geographically specific championships that WWE have. Anyway, click the link in the video description below to order your copy now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Raw kicked off with a nice little graphic to Big Van Vader, who of course sadly passed. 
uh, the previous week. And then Kurt Angle came out with Baron Corbin. He was already in the ring with Baron, so we didn't actually get to see the floppy wrists mm. this week. But this was a quite a nice little touch here because JoJo introduced Raw General Manager Kurt Angle. And Baron Corbin just like slides out the ropes and he's like, Oi, introduce me now. And then he went, and Baron Corbin. And he was like, no, 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 introduce me properly. And like gave her the whole spiel that she needed to say, and she repeated it word for word. I thought it was a nice little touch. Yeah, it was like Stephanie McMahon's personal enforcer, constable, raw constable Baron Corbin. Yeah, it's he's he's really good in this role. He he has such a smarmy smile yeah. that is that's difficult not to like. Actually, yeah, I th- uh, I think he's really really great in this. Also, interestingly as well, the they kind of changed up the story from the the Seth loss last week. Because they never at any point mentioned the the roll-up of the tights that Seth tried, yeah. or building that on from the Elias match at Money in the Bank. It was very much a case of Drew McIntyre cost him the title, and uh, Dolph rolled up the tights. Hardly, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, did Drew get involved? Did Drew cost him the title? He got up on the apron, didn't he? I think at one point. Uh, it's it's frustrating because. I really like it when parts of a match are used to build up bits of the story and you, you play with that mm. in, in consequent matches. And I, I did say at the time, like, oh, I don't know where they're going with this. It feels like one of these roll-ups was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. And it maybe that is the case because yeah. they've just dropped it. Uh, but yes, and it does seem that they're building Seth and True, really. Yeah, it really does. Mm. That's where all the, the big stare-downs were. So Kurt does his usual recap of the previous week, and he's just about to start talking about the undefined number of participants match. I'm pretty sure you said it was five. I don't know where I got <laughs> five from. I know it's because last year's was... Such an idiot. Why did you think it was five? Because you don't listen to Do you even five? watch these shows? No, I just make it up. Such an idiot. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, I just read Reddit and make my opinions <laughs> based on that. Uh, so yeah, it's a multi-man match. Well, it was. It was a multi-man match. So Kurt Angle's just about to explain it when Roman Reigns comes down, and the commentators are calling him the uncrowned Universal Champion because he beat Brock at Greatest Royal Rumble. You, you on know, a, on a technicality. Yeah, you know what's difficult here is because there's been so many uncrowned champions in WWE, as in baby faces who have lost because the heel has cheated. And they've never really, like, the commentators have never been so on their side and, like, even two months out still calling him the uncrowned for, like, what is, like you say, quite a, quite a, a specific technicality. Just a technicality. It's like, if you won it that way, you'd be like, God, what a, what a hard-earned victory it was. Like, no, but you won on a technicality. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it, I mean, it was pretty close. It's not like a definitive win. It was, it was just whose feet marginally touched the floor first. You, you didn't spear him and the referee missed the count. Yeah. All, you just you just fell out of the ring at the same time. This is all heel stuff. <laughs> but now the well, the promotion and the announcers are being heels I, for I, getting behind a whiny, complaining heel Roman Reigns. I've got to be honest. I feel like WWE are going out of their way to make Roman Reigns unlikable. Like because this show in particular, and in the resulting match that they have, they go out of their way to make him look like a complete dick. Like a really unlikable, like I use the I use the T word that Americans say incorrectly because that's just what he is at the moment. A twat, a twat, as the mm. Americans might say incorrectly. But he stood tall at the end, really. Oh, so, just yeah. like Austin. I know you're right, you're absolutely right. But like this, so I was like, man, they really are trying to make me not like this man. Seth and Dolph had a really good match. Now end on this image of Roman. <laughs> it's classic, like just 
making the uh, the association. Yeah. So Bobby Lashley comes out after Roman Reigns says a few words, and I thought they actually had a really good exchange, kind of a worked shoot promo exchange. Reigns called Bobby out for leaving a decade ago after main event in WrestleMania. Well, yeah, he was in a main event. Main, event, rest, main yeah. event, big quotation a featured marks. match. A featured is what match. Really is. <laughs> but here's the thing as well, and like, and again, this is why I, I, I felt that Roman was unlikable. He was like, "You left WWE to go to MMA, and you didn't make an impact there." I was like, "Mate, you had a 15 and two win loss record. Like, he had a really good MMA run, really." But to my knowledge, he never held any titles. Never held stuff. any titles. He still won 15 matches out of 17. Yeah, but boxing and MMA, you can you can book that, so it's. You it's can still, go, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 I mean, this is WWE. It's not a real world. You can inflate those numbers to make it sound even more impressive than it really was. But he's not like a, a big name, and he, he was, was in Bellator he rather wasn't than in, UFC. He wasn't Brock Lesnar. I, but it's still like if he'd have gone to MMA and lost seventeen matches, then yeah, you'd say, well, you you did try MMA, but that didn't. Like if it was CM Punk, you'd be like, yeah, man, that didn't work out for you at all, did it? But Bobby Lashley sort of proved that he is very good. That one, that one didn't get to me as much as it did you. Mm. Uh, but I'm not going to take that away from you. Well, my, my favorite line was when Lashley just said, "Hey, it's been pretty much proven that you cannot beat Brock Lesnar," and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's quite true." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. Maybe that's the reason Brock isn't coming back because he has to face you every time, and he's sick of it. I was yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, sick of yeah, it too. Yeah. Uh, there the, the was quite a an off-putting line, which was you know tiny, but really I don't like it when they do this stuff, Bobby. Lashley, I nearly wanted to call him rude again. Where was he this week? Said that I, you know, I've got the legit tools to beat Brock. And the extension of that argument is, I'm an actual fighter. You're a make-believe fighter, so I can actually beat uh, a guy in a make-believe fight. Yes, like that's it, it's a cool line. But then when you unpack it, you're like, oh, you're just telling me that wrestling's fake, and that's fine. I know wrestling is predetermined. Um, but I would prefer that not to be on the show while I'm watching it. Well, I'm, the character, the actors within Game of Thrones know that what they're doing is not real, but no one is saying, oh, Peter Dinklage, could mm. you go over there and grab me that bottle of water? This is not a metaphysical, uh, refle- self-reflexive genre experiment. Mm-hmm. It is it is weekly wrestling television, yes. and I wish it would stick to that. Uh, so, yes, uh, but Roman had a pretty neat line where he was like, you know, you main event in WrestleMania. I've done four in a row. Again, making himself feel really unlikable. Yeah. And then this is when Kurt says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, by the way, that five-man match that I said was going to happen in Extreme Rules last week to crown the number one contender to go on to face Brock Lesnar. There's a snag. That's the exact word he used. There's a snag in Brock Lesnar's contract. So, yeah, that ain't that ain't happening anymore. <laughs> Yeah. And apparently uh, Big Daddy Melt said something on this. Big D said that this Friday is the last day Brock can re-enter USADA, the USADA's testing pool, because, of course, he was banned from competing in the MMA by USADA for a drug test failure the last time he was in, and he's got seven months to serve. or to, He's got time left to serve on that ban. If Brock wants to return to UFC to fight... The the heavyweight champion, which is either going to be Daniel Cormier or Stipe Miocic or whoever, uh, at the New Year's Eve show, which is apparently the plan, and a lot of people are, are now talking about it as if it's definite in UFC, like Daniel Cormier apparently mentioned, yeah, Brock's coming in. Mm. So uh, Brock has to re-enter by Friday. And th- he, he said, th- Meltzer said, it's interesting that 
for your pay-per-view top matches, those are decided in advance by about a month. You know, you would at least by then. We're, we're two weeks out now from Extreme Rules. Undercard matches, the Raw tag title match, they'll just throw that together the week before, most likely. But this is, for, for the one that decides who's facing Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, your second, third biggest show of the year, you really should have that down by now. So it seems that was the plan and something has changed. Brock's in negotiation period right now because he's only got one match remaining on his WWE contract. Oh, really? Well, yeah, and it's SummerSlam, according to Meltzer, because, mm. you know, there's multi I was going to say, yeah, there was, lo- lo- there was lots of wording after WrestleMania yeah. about how long the contract was. So, yes, it is, to me, that looks like Lesnar has gone, nah. Yeah, that seems to me that way. And, yeah, I just wonder, just wonder why, because he's a bit of a mercenary. Just, I thought he was just doing it for the money, but maybe... He's, he's decided, no, actually, I want to face Chad Gable at SummerSlam. I'm going <laughs> to drop the title to Chad. Hey, man, I'd prefer it. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, yeah, it's... Been? Um, I don't know, with Rude and Mike Kanellis, you know, <laughs> hanging out in, in the tour bus. So, Lashley and Roman kind of have a face-to-face, and that's when they, <coughs> excuse me, to sort of put together that that might be a match yes, at Extreme Rules. Ken Angle said he would, quote, take under advisement... Whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, the revival then come out and say, "Hey, don't just hand out opportunities or some nonsense." Well, th- this is, and so I know you said you enjoyed this show. Sorry, I just knocked my microphone there. I know you said you enjoyed this show, and I'm going to say I'm not going to say you're wrong. But, you know, if you enjoyed the show, then you enjoyed the show. But I think one of my issues I had with this show is that it felt very much Control C, Control V from last week. Yes. Like this was the exact same match we had last week. And there's so many moments that we'll go through in this night where I was like, well, that's just what we did last week, but we're just doing the same thing, but we're just doing a different tweak to it. Yes, uh, and I totally agree with you. I just thought that the the high points, you know, the, particularly the main event, the Strowman KO stuff and the Bailey stuff were enough to make me enjoy it as a whole. You know, mm. I always say three, I just want three really good moments and those tick the box. So I thought, thought it was beyond yeah above average but yeah you, you are right it was but what i liked it would have been better if it was a different tag team to the revival and kurt was like well you know maybe work together to defeat the riot squad first and they can they can compete the against riot them squad yeah you sure well yeah kurt's really into <laughs> people taking on the riot squad at the moment who if you're if you're feuding i see what you're saying go against the riot squad absolutely not my best joke <laughs> obviously <laughs> Only because I took it as a serious uh, suggestion. But, yeah, so they tweaked the finish enough where I thought this was quite interesting. Last week, Lashley blind-tagged himself in, got the spear on the revival for the win. This week, Roman Reigns hot-tagged himself in and then kind of, out of the confusion, got rolled up and pinned. Yes. um, So, it's... Okay, so... This doesn't do anything for the revival. No. Like, so it's like the, the comments are going like, oh man, this is, a, this is the biggest win of the revival's career. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, it is the biggest win, but it's, it doesn't do anything for them. Like, and if anything, then it hurts Roman Reigns because Reigns, he got, he distracted himself mm. because he blind tagged <coughs> himself in, again, looking like a dick. He blind tagged himself in, went to do his ooh Bobby Lashley went to tag himself, and he was like, what are you doing? Don't touch us. And then in that confusion, got pinned. And mm. I'm like, well, now you look like an idiot. You're not what, like, and it doesn't make the revival look any better. 
and it like nothing about it worked. And then Lashley just gets in the ring and just points at him, and just being like, "You're an idiot." And Roman's there going like, "Meh, guess I am." Yeah, uh, I have again haven't got anything to add to that. <laughs> it's all right. It was not the most effective use of all these people. No. Uh, uh, but however, Lashley was getting genuinely cheered. Well, there is that. Yeah. You know, so and that's you, a, that's a, that is a big step up from where we were last month. A month ago, when he would get those hot tags, the crowd would go dead. And even for those delayed suplexes, which are impressive, I don't know why some people are like, oh, it's just a suplex. He's holding a guy up there with one hand. Yeah. Uh, I I pop for it at least. And here he got the hot tag, and the crowd actually were really really into it. After that, we got Woken Matt Hardy taking on Curtis Axel, which again had Control-C, Control-V on the promo war. Yes, it's one of those things where like, oh, that was funny last week. So do the same thing again this week, where you had the B-team doing the, the Woken, what are they called? The, the Deleter, Deleter of, of Worlds. Worlds. The Deleter of Worlds shtick up on the Titan Tron with almost the same jokes. And um, yeah, and then they had a match, which I think went 30 seconds. Yeah, it was a weird match. It was about one move long. And Matt Hardy tried to do a superplex off the second rope, but bringing him up, Curtis Axel fell on top of him. It looked like a cross a crossbody. One, two, three for the win. And then the B team celebrate like it's an actual big victory. Yeah, and um, that, so yeah, it was it was a really weird finish. And then the uh, the leader well stood there and applauded them for for winning. Mm. I was like, mm, well, this, it's not the most effective build to a tag team match. No, and this is your tag title. You know, this is yeah. your main feud. In the tag division, yeah, and it feels like all the the better tag teams are elsewhere. Like that, this there is nothing about this that says care about me. Is there? <laughs> no, I mean I've written here, this was S. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Um, then we got the Rey Mysterio ad for WWE 2K19. God damn, 2K a great adverts. I mean, I thought they were going to struggle to top last year's because last year's was awesome. The architect burning everything down. No, the uh, that was it might have been the year previous. It was the the rap one they did last year. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was Seth last year, but they did two. The the rap one was really good. Yeah, yeah. it was great. It was Snoop Dogg one. Yes, that's yes, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, this was also excellent to announce that that uh, Reg Mysterio is the pre order bonus for WWE 2K19. Not much of a current day gamer, so I don't really know what pre-order bonus means. I think it's just if you pre-order, like you have to pre-order the game in order to get him, which is ridiculous. Well, yeah, but then they do like season passes and deluxe editions and stuff, and DLC and all the loot boxes and other sort of nonsense. To be honest, I get most of my knowledge of what how the current state of video games is from uh, the Jimquisition. I get it from Fakeador. He's always talking to me about stuff. And he's really he, trustworthy. He's and he's so knowledgeable about it. Um, authors of Pain are back. We then cut backstage. <laughs> yep, they are. And they're just walking along being big authors of pain. And a, a, a crew member has the guile to stand there. Mm. So he just, one of them, I can't remember, Razor and Ackham. Mm. One of them just stops, looks at the guy and shoves him into a load of equipment, which I thought was fun. But Titus, o, Titus Worldwide didn't they because did they stopped him and talking scripted stuff. They, hey, the ring crew work very hard. <laughs> That show them some respect. I'm like, mate, there's a difference between that. Like, show them some some respect makes it sound like you've knocked some papers out of their hand. That was a physical assault. And also, you could tell that WWE realised that they've done a terrible job with booking the Authors of Pain since coming up because they had to do a video package to be like, just to remind you, these guys are really, uh, really brutally bad. Like, mm. they're, they're really like brutal in the ring. I know you haven't seen them for eight weeks, but this is what they can do. Yeah. So they that they debuted. The night after WrestleMania, 
dumping Paul Ellering. Yeah. yeah, and then they had a match the week after, and then that was it. It's been a main event since. Mm. Uh, not the good main events. No, no. The, the jobber main events or the undercard main events. So so this was obviously setting something up between Titus Worldwide and Authors of Pain for later on in the show, which, you know, what a hot feud that is. <laughs> Do you know what? I've got to <coughs> here. You know how we said SmackDown could have done something more interesting with Sanity? This is the shield compared to... That was the shield compared to AOP. Yes. Because at the end of this, AOP squashed some jobbers and then Titus Worldwide came out and the Authors of Pain bail. And I'm like, what? You're like unstoppable yeah. monsters. Why are you running away from Titus Worldwide? That's exactly what I wrote like, what, in my review. Yeah. What a load of crap. What yeah. are you on about? Um, yeah, so they sh- what, what would have been much better is if Titus Worldwide ran in there and the Authors of Pain just like stood up and looked at them. And then Titus Worldwide re- like realised, oh God, what have we done? And then they get beaten up too. Like that... That makes, like, because Titus, who cares about hurting Titus Worldwide? They're not going to go beyond a certain level. Whereas Authors of Pain really could be top stars in the division. But you've, even though, it's not like they ran away with their tail between their legs. They ran away because, haha, with dastardly heels. But not the most effective way to use them. Yeah. At all. So now Authors of Pain, after two months away, are feuding with Titus Worldwide. Like, that was the big plan to bring back Authors of Pain. That was what creative had for them. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Kurt backstage with Baron Corbin, and Finn Balor walks in. He's like, oh, gosh darn it. Gosh darn it, Kurt. I thought I was going to get to... He's Gerald Briscoe, by the way. Or Wes Briscoe. <laughs> Gerald Briscoe. Gerard, I got it right. Uh, it's, oh, I, w- I thought I was going to get a chance to, to take on Brock Lesnar. And For when win the, the Universal fuck, Championship, I never lost. Oh, gosh darn it, Kurt. And uh, Braun walks in and goes, hey, guys, I've been feeling a bit bad about Kevin Owens. I want him to be my friend now. So I'm going to tag with him this week uh, and I'm going to do it against you two. And he points at Balor and Corbin. And I guess you've got some Control-C, Control-V comments for this? Well, yeah, again, it's just more Control-C, Control-V. Also, aren't Braun and Finn friends? Isn't that what was decided last week? So Strowman's gimmick, and I don't hate it, appears to be at the moment i'm so powerful that i can i can just choose who my friends are this week i'm gonna help you i've helped you finn i helped you last week now i will help this one sorry finn you're not my friend anymore yeah but i will say although it was control c control v it did lead to my favorite thing on the show yeah it was pretty fun it was really fun uh, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James again, yep. his heel, Mickey's uh, back with her. Walked out next to gloat in front of the live crowd about Ronda Rousey being uh, suspended for thirty days. They did a video re- uh, package of, of recapping all that, and the crowd was super into Ronda. They were chanting, "We want Ronda," yeah, which is great to hear. Like she's genuinely over. She really is, and it, and she got some really good reactions. Then Alexa and Mickey cut a quite a lengthy promo, mm. quite a lengthy promo Too about long. about how Ronda doesn't know the rules of WWE, and Mickey said it was one of the greatest Money in the Bank cashes of all time. It's fine when Mickey says it; it's not fine when Michael Cole says it. She's a heel; she's allowed to say that. Um, and then they make fun of Nia Jax being in the hospital, not being able to have like because her arms in her. You know, she's still selling the arm from Money in the Bank. She might not be ready for Extreme Rules. Um, and we are back to like 100% Alexa versus the bully Nia Jax. We're just repeating what we did at WrestleMania. Um, and she said the line where she was like, this isn't Hollywood. This isn't a film. This is reality. And I thought, tell that to Vince. 
Yeah, so she's taught, like, because Ronda's done a few films. I guess so, yeah. But she's also made her name in MMA. It's, it's again, it's... I, I think it's really dangerous for wrestling to call out MMA stars for not being legit. Oh, I just... Oh, it's but, making my head hurt. But what like. I will say, what I will say as a positive to this, is that eventually they start to draw some really good heat out of this. Mm. I thought they drew some really, really strong heat. Perhaps it was because the promo went too long and the crowd just turned against it. But by the end of this promo, the crowd were really booing uh, Alexa and Mickey. And more importantly, cheering cheering for Ronda. Yes. Uh, Bliss is a great promo. Mm-hmm. Mickey James is also a great promo. She deserves a lot more. A great double act they are. Yeah. It's just decide if they're together or not. <laughs> and then Natalia comes out and she says, I've not come... A- oh, yeah. In however many days, 23 days 23 or whatever days. it is, Ronda Rousey, her friend and training partner, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Exact verbiage. So bad. It was so bad. I tell you what. My, <laughs> so she's like, so we're going to have a match. Natalia and Alexa, they're going to have a match. And she was like, but I haven't come alone. And I'm such an idiot. I did not see it coming as Nia Jax. You I thought was, it was Ronda. I, no, I didn't even think it was Ronda. I was like, well, it can't be Ronda. Ale- uh, Alicia Fox. I, I, thought, I, was, I was like, maybe it's Alicia Fox. She's just returned. Oh, maybe my God. Like, and then when Nia's music, I was like, oh, no, of course it's Nia mm. Jax. Yeah. I what f- a downbeat Alicia Fox would have been. <laughs> I forgot that they've got a pay-per-view match. So, yeah. So, it was hilariously, I didn't see that coming because I'm an idiot. Yeah, Nia comes out and she had a big old grin on her face. Because they're best friends. Remember, she's just as much a friend with Natalia as Ronda Rousey is. But, you know, it's not just Natalia. It's if Nia Jax walked out really, really angry like Ronda did the previous week because Bliss stole her title. Stole her title. Well, you know, it was legal, I guess, but you, you got definite reason to be annoyed there. Yeah. And because it's Bliss, the person you had a big old feud with just a couple of months ago. Really didn't like Nia coming out. Smiley, like smiley, right? Uh, and they Nia. had a nothing match, God, which was, was mostly rest holds. A really nothing match. It started in the commercial break as well, and then came back to nothing. Like really, really nothing. And then, um, so the, also in Alexa Bliss's promo, she was making fun of Natalia posting too many pictures on social media because they obviously they're recording something for Total Divas. And then the commentators also made fun of her doing it on commentary as well. So I'm like, I'm guessing it's a rib on Natty that she's posting too much on social media. Raw is a heel show. (laughs) The the announcers are heels. It's, yeah, Smackdown is a babyface show. I see. Everything on Raw is is to make you annoyed at it. (laughs) Okay. To get heat. Yeah, to get heat, I guess. Um, And then, so, uh, Mickey tried to trip um, Natalia and sort of succeeded, but sort of didn't. And then... Uh, Nia tripped Alexa Bliss and that allowed her to get the sharpshooter on and she and she won way to, way she to tapped put, yeah, way Bliss to, tapped way to put over your champ yeah and it really doesn't make you excited for Bliss taking on Nia or Bliss taking on Rousey yeah because she's tapped here it's not really that threatening and also the the, the rumour is although I, I can't remember where this came from I've been cage side seats that said that um uh Ronda Rousey will be involved in the uh, Extreme Rules mm. match somehow but I don't think that's going to work out timing wise Oh, no, she we've got, run we've back got two weeks, haven't we? Yeah. Which is, but there's 23 days. It's, yeah, the 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 suspension will end after that. Yeah. To my to my workings, I think. Uh, I just so the the remarkable thing about this segment for me was I really wanted Ronda to return. I genuinely wanted Ronda to come out. Yep. And then at the end of it, I was a bit like, oh, I wish Ronda came out. And then I thought, no, Ollie, what are you doing? This is long term booking. This is good stuff because when she does come back. 
it's going to mean a lot more. So I just thought this they're, they're telling all the Ronda stuff incredibly well um, the, to the effect where it's even working me and even me. <laughs> and uh, but it's the, the other stuff. And then Natalia's bits are awful. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, I, I've been enjoying Ronda Rousey on social media as well. Um, she's been doing the the countdown gimmick that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. She's good. Um, then we got the uh, a Seth Rollins promo saying he's going to beat Dolph Ziggler tonight, and Drew McIntyre will have a front row seat. Then we got that. So this was before the Riot Squad, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Ember Moon match, which we've already talked about, but we haven't talked about this. Jinder Mahal and Sunil Singh having a photo shoot backstage and the riot squad walk in and like and ruby's like hey can i take a picture i'm gonna take a picture smile for the camera jinder takes a picture throws the camera on the floor and then jinder looks angry for a second and then goes no peace peace and does it well i've got a vulcan sign there it's probably like a, a hand gesture mm-hmm. that i'm not familiar with and then the riot squad walk off a bit like oh okay so Jinder's just preaching love now. He was WWE champion this time last year. Mm. Winds of change and then some. <laughs> My only note I had from this is that the cameraman did not seem too bothered that his camera had just been smashed on the floor. I was like, mate, that's your property. I like, watched... That's your job. Yeah, I watched it back. He's not the best actor, but he tries <laughs> his best. Because when he's... Like, when Ruby's taking the picture, he's like, oh, this is nice. But then when the camera goes down, he goes, okay, now I've got to go to the other end of the register. Hmm. And he's just looking at the camera on the floor. Hmm. Like that. So, yeah, yeah, not very, not very good. Well, just a bit weird. Yeah. Not that it's not good. It was just confusing that they're both heels. It's not like a heel team attraction on a baby face team. Jinder's just confusing now. He... What happened to the whole... I mean, I'm glad it's not, but that Roman gender feud was apparently meant to continue for multiple pay-per-view cycles. Really? Ooh, yeah, it was being more. advertised up until August. Man. Well, I'm glad it isn't. Yeah, I'll so... I'll be honest. I don't know what's going on there. Then we got No Way Jose taking on... Well, was meant to take on Mojo Rawley. Yes. Um. Uh, where are we? Uh, yeah, so, like, No Way Jose and his sex party came out... And then they had a recap of the Bailey segment and cut back to the commentators. I thought I'd missed the match. Because I was if like, only. I was like, oh, did I miss something? It's like, was I, did I over a court? Did I fast forward? And then it was like they cut back and no way Jose's still in the ring. They just start playing his music again. Which is, it was a really weird way to kind of like phrase that, like, you know, to, to set the show up. Mm. And then Mojo comes out. And he's cutting a promo. He's like, why did you ask for another Control-C, Control-V moment from last week? It's like, why are you asking for a rematch from last week? Like, I beat you. And, like, look at the, the dicks you've got around ringside here. Like, these are all losers. And then starts picking on this guy called Todd. Who's Todd! Dressed, who's dressed up as a burger. Crowd, so much more into Todd than they were anyone else in this segment. Um, and then he just starts making fun of it. He's like, no, I'm not going to have a rematch. Uh, no way Jose gets out of the ring. Mojo sucker punches him and walks away. It's like, well, point proven, Mojo. Mm. No way Jose is a loser. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought Mojo had a great promo. So good. He's great. I, I thought Todd... Had a great promo. Just for he only had one line, but I thought he delivered it pitch perfect. Yeah. And his, his just just the way he carried himself. I thought Todd Todd versus Mojo. I want to see that match. Yeah. Got no interest in No Way Jose. What irks me a little bit Uh-oh. is that just a few segments before Mojo Rawley and Becky Lynch had a really nice video package with yeah. all the Special Olympics athletes and Mojo. And at the time, I thought Mojo's meant to be a heel. Uh, but you know who cares? But then he comes out and he's in full meme mode. 
I just thought, come on, guys, think about how the whole show's gonna look. If you, if you, if you actually, if, if you act, think about how your most passionate viewers are gonna absorb your product, and don't insult them by doing stuff like this. I mean, I remember when the Dudley Boys joined <laughs> WWE. Some one of the documentaries that they did, um, I think, it was like they did a DVD release for or something. It was on the network, and. Um, they were talking about when they came in from ECW, they, one of the first things they said to Vince was just like, by the way, we're like an old school heel tag team. Like, we do not take photos with fans. We do not sign anything because we're heels. We're not meant to pose fans. And Vince was like, you'll take photos and you will sign stuff. And it's like, cool. so because in WWE, everyone is just, even if you're a heel or a face, you have to be respectful for the, to the fans because without them, there is no show. And I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't disagree with that mm-hmm. mentality. It's just like, don't put it on your main flagship television show. At least have some consistency there. Yeah. Uh, but really infuriating. Kurt and Bailey segment next. We've talked about that. And then we got the Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor and not Bobby Lashley, as I've written. Uh, Baron Corbin. And Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah. if, anyone name be- if any name begins with B, it's a struggle for you. Yeah, they're all Bobby Lashley at the moment <laughs> for some reason. Um, Braun Strowman isn't. No, actually, you're right. He's the only one that gets away with he's it. But he's, he's the only one who really has character. That's a good point. Uh, this was... I liked this match. Loved this. The crowd weren't as... This was probably the quietest the crowd were all night, weirdly. And I guess it's because the dynamics were a bit weird with a heel ta- heels tagging with faces against heels tagging with faces. But I liked the interplay. I thought the Strowman-Owen stuff was, was really cute. So funny. Of Strowman kind of treating Kevin like Nicholas... Yeah. from Wrestlemania and like there was a bit when Strowman hit the clothesline in the corner and Owens did a stereo cannonball the other side yeah, it was great they it like, was really they good like double team moves yeah, and yeah, yeah. like he tagged him and just showed get in there Owens yeah and like as Owens sold all of this brilliantly where it was like he was doing it because Braun had told him to do it and Braun is scary he's like well, okay mate yeah okay oh, cool I'll get in I just thought it was really great. It was and, so funny. And it makes sense from what happened the previous week because Owens was like, I can be your guy. Yeah. Let me be your guy. And this is Braun's like, okay, let's do it. And uh, especially the bit at the end where Braun's like, you do the runaround spot. <laughs> yeah. And Owens like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. And he he knocks down Balor, but he goes straight into a Corbin clothesline. Yeah. I, I just thought this whole match was played out really, really well. I agree. Not the greatest finish in the world. Essentially, Corbin and Balor I don't mind it. Up. I don't mind it's it. It's a TV match. It's it absolute, protects everyone. Absolutely fine. I don't mind. It's not the most creative finish, but it's fine. Absolutely doesn't hurt anyone in the slightest. And then Owens was just like... Owens is celebrating like we won like they were both counting the, doing the can out together and I thought it was just great and then he put out his hand to shake it and Braun just was like no and then Kevin realised that oh this is just a one time thing and just scarpers and just legs it as fast as he can up the ramp and out the building and then Scooby Doo style hides in a cupboard and then he tries to escape and he goes out and he finds some security guards to watch his back for all of 10 feet but he just in case just in case Braun was there in those 10 feet goes out to a valet and the valet says, he's like, I need my keys. And the valet says, I don't have your keys. And he's like, no, you do have my keys. He's like, I don't have your keys. That guy has your keys. Then the valet disappeared. Because I was like, he just left his post. You've got to get out of there. Got to get to out see of there. Braun. Yeah. And then Braun throws him the keys and was like, I mean, you can try and drive your car, but that's where it is. And he turns around and it's been flipped over. And, and there's smoke coming out of it. And then, lovely touch, two men come up with fire extinguishers to try and put some of it out. I thought this was really funny. I really laughed. I thought it was great. Yep, I agree. I uh, 
there's a bit of me though that's like oh i wish the kevin owens braun Strowman uh, yeah, tag team lasted a couple of weeks absolutely i yeah. did see someone else tweet me today saying like, <clears throat> do you think that they're gonna do a double turn <laughs> owens face and Strowman heel yeah. no <laughs> uh apparently the advertisements have them both in a cage match for extreme rules oh really yeah Strowman versus owens that makes sense i would have so i love this like you i thought it was really funny especially the stuff outside the ring in in the backstage area i thought it was really well shot and put together um i just i and i know owens is a despicable heel but he hasn't really been that way in recent weeks i wish they did put Strowman and owens together for a bit and then at the end of one match or something owens maybe tried to go for braun to get one up and that's that's what motivates braun to turn yeah on because he did owens. he did like walk away laughing like, yeah. a, like a dick, really. Because at the moment, Braun's being a bully. Yeah, he's being a bully. And, and it's fine at the moment, but it, if it carries on, it's going to be a bit like... Uh, was it Seamus and the Big Show? There was, this is a while ago. There was a Seamus-Big Show feud. Jesus, that sounds like a WWE 2009 yeah, feud yeah, that yeah. no one possibly could have cared about. Uh, yeah, no one did care about it. I ca- I, it, was, it, it was definitely Seamus, but Seamus was being so much of a bully, and he was the baby face. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was like... But I thought maybe it was Mark Henry he was up against, and it just wasn't working. Uh, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen here. No, but I, I, you know, overall I thought this segment was very funny. It was my favourite thing on the show by by leaps and bounds. Really, it was my favourite thing on the show, above what we're about to talk about. This was a very good match, but like as a segment, like I don't know. I th- I I think I really enjoyed the Braun stuff this week. I really enjoyed the Braun stuff too. Uh, I didn't enjoy that concession guy. Oh, the valet? No, no. When Braun runs to the back and Owens is hiding in the trainer's room, he asks this guy, like, where did Owens go? And the guy goes, hey, I'm just the concessions guy. I don't know who that is. I'm like, come on, man. The WWE stars make them feel like a big deal. No, man, that's why they can hide in plain sight and be <sighs> espionage agents. Yeah. Uh, but the main event was, in my opinion... Very, 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 very good. It was excellent. It was the Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler rematch from the previous week. This was Seth Rollins's IC title second chance. And at the end of the... Like, we had the ring entrances and everything. And JoJo does the introductions and the bell rings. And I looked at how long was left on the episode. And I was like, it's 25 minutes left. Yeah, they, they went a long time. And, man, it did not feel like they went a long time mm. either. These two worked together. Like, yeah, this was an excellent match. And it, that's 25 minutes of broadcast time. So that actually probably went 30. I think they went about 30 minutes. It, when we would be getting ad, ad breaks. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought it was really good. You had that intimidating presence of Drew by ringside, who, even though he's standing on the floor, looks like he's standing on the second step. Yeah. Because he's so tall. Um, and you can't teach that. Yeah, uh, I, oh, when Seth and Drew did have that stare down outside, like Dolph rang behind McIntyre. I was like, God, I really want to see that match. Yeah, absolutely. I think Rollins versus McIntyre would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be really great. There was a wonderful spot in this when, through sort of like, I don't want to say contrived means because that makes it sound awful, but it was, you know, contrived means. And uh, they did this wicked, like, DDT onto the apron. Like, yeah. Dolph, got, Dolph does his, like, big delayed DDT. Looked really really brutal and Seth sold it so well getting just back in at nine mm. like it was really really effective I, I, I thought this match was terrific yeah that was that was after Drew getting sent to the back I thought it was a good match but then when Drew was sent to the back by the referee it went up a gear and then they just traded near falls that spot yep. uh, 
and it just felt like Seth might win it back. And everyone there was very excited. I was excited watching at home. Really, really good. Mm. Uh, Seth Bucklebomb and super kick for a great near fall. Frog Zig- splash. Yeah, zigzag for a yeah, near fall. That was great. great. And then they did the superplex into the Falcon Arrow, and Drew runs down again, and he pulls out the referee. And what I really liked about this as well is that it it puts over the superplex and Falcon Arrow because at the moment that is just a spot that you do, and everyone kicks out. Yeah, it's like it's the um, John Cena springboard stunner. Like it's never effect. Like it, it never got over as a move because it was always a two counts. Like no one ever bought into it as a finish. This is that you do these sorts of things here. That now looks like it could be a finish to a match because mm. it would have won them the match. He never hit the curb stump. Yeah, and then but then Drew runs in and he takes out the referee and it's a DQ. But yeah, they went about thirty minutes. I thought it was a terrific, terrific match. And yeah. then they did this uh, beat down on it and. Everyone was waiting for either Ambrose or Jason Jordan to make their return, but nope, it was the big dog Roman Reigns, and he came mm. down, Durden, Durden, and uh, gave this awesome spear to Dolph. Yeah, on the outside. good lord, it speared on, the, on the ramp, speared him out of his boots, and uh, then they got in. They did a spot with um, Drew McIntyre, and yeah, Roman Reigns stood tall. Yes. Yeah, so Roman won this match. Yeah, maybe overall. that's why it's not my favorite thing on the yeah. show. It was what, because when you said, "I was like, that was my favorite on the show," and you looked surprised, and I, was, and I looked at like, "God, that Seth and Dolph match was good." Why wasn't that my favorite thing on the show? You said, as we were talking about it, you seemed like you were enjoying it more. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I yeah, so really good match. I thought the like, sure, it's a DQ finish. Um, I think that's fine on TV. I think it is as well. Yeah. So and it protects Rollins. It keeps the title on Dolph. You set up a thing with Drew McIntyre and Rollins. Reigns is in the mix now. Like, I've got no interest in seeing Reigns in any feuds at the moment. No, but I do like that it's his interconnecting yeah, storylines. Yeah, it's all connected. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have had Jason Jordan return there. I think that would have been a down note, mm-hmm. uh, actually. D- Dean Ambrose would be great, but that's three months out. Plus, it's not like a big enough storyline well, no, for it's, Ambrose it's, to return it's uh, bringing them like in, back into a tag team fold yeah. I suppose um, so yes that was I gave it a 4 out of 5 overall. Oh, I'd have given it an average mm, yeah. interesting um, remember to go over to WrestleTalk's Twitter and website tonight that's WrestleTalk.com because we've got Andy Datsun manning the stations for some live Smackdown reporting he's very witty and he's very funny at what he does. And it's his birthday on Saturday. Hey. Hey. And we're going to see him. Well, oh, gonna I'm going to see him I'm at the New s- Japan show. I'm not going to see him because I'm uh. at a wedding. So I got this bit of correspondence yesterday. Now, I tend to read the emails that we get out in order that I get them. So if you send an email and it hasn't been read out, it's probably because it's just in my backlog. I'm just going through them on a chronological basis. Or Luke doesn't care. Or I don't care. This one, however... I, ju- I had to read now. And I'm, I'm going to keep it anonymous as well. He, I mean, they haven't put their name on this, but I am going to keep it anonymous, uh, and you will see why uh, shortly. Okay. I was, although, the person here has absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. Hey, guys, a pretty weird situation has arisen lately, and I had to share it with you. After years of refusing, I downloaded the dating, gr- the dating app Grinder, logged in, and I was accosted with several minutes of unsolicited dick pics and was about to delete the app when something piqued my interest. So if anyone is not aware, Grinder is a, um, uh, a homosexual hookup app, essentially. You just... It's Tinder for guys. Tinder for guys. And I think actually it came first. I think Tinder is sort of like the... They saw the success of Grinder and were like, well, let's just do a version of that for heterosexual people. So, uh, is that, could it be, yes, 
it's someone using a picture of Ollie frickin' Davis as their grinder da- uh, profile. What? A black and white, very classy effort. His username was Chokeslam Me, and his account described him as searching for his Big Daddy. Are you kidding? Now, as a consistent <laughs> WrestleTalk podswafter, I know the real Ollie Davis has a girlfriend and doesn't live in a pretty rural part of Scotland near to Glasgow. Well, but on weekends, maybe. <laughs> but I decided to send a message to this person saying, Does Anna know you're on Grinder, winky face? I keep forgetting that everyone else knows the names <laughs> of our partners. I know, because you wow. just you let it slip. Right, let's keep going here. He replied by pretending to not know what I was on about, but after I let him know that I was a fan, I was a wrestling fan and a WrestleTalk subscriber, he admitted it wasn't actually him. He's put damn in brackets. Ah, like, damn. We can still go on a date, buddy. <laughs> and that he only used Ollie's picture as he wasn't out yet, so didn't want any Tom, Dick, or Harry spotting his face on Grinder and outing him. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, I, this, is, this is a weird. This is a weird thing to learn that your image has been used for. I knew you'd love this. Fair enough, I thought. And we Going kept... through a lot of weird emotions <laughs> right now. Luke did not tell me what this was. Oh, it gets better. Fair enough, I thought. And we, and we kept chatting. Haven't spoken for a wee while about the graps. He seemed like a pretty nice guy and was actually pretty cute. So I'm going to guess they shared real images mm. afterwards. However... After speaking to a non-wrestling fan friend about my grinder experience, he started asking questions before taking his phone out and showing me he was also talking to the same guy. No. But he was going all in. And the fact that he was, in fact, YouTube personality Ollie Davis. What? So it seems that instead of the story he fed me, he might actually just be a catfish. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm just saying, this is the email I got, man. I don't know, like, I don't know if it's true. I haven't downloaded a grinder to find out. I'm just saying, apparently there is someone who was catfishing grinder, pretending to be you, pretending to be YouTube personality, Ollie Davis. I mean, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> what, what a small amount of people you'd pop. Well, also, like, surely the whole point of grinder is you eventually do want to meet people. So, like, yeah. eventually he's going to have to meet them and be, oh, by the way, I'm not actually Ollie Davis of WrestleTalk. Well, I suppose if you're not out yet, maybe you would. This is just your way to sort of flirt and not have mm. the actual yeah. meeting up side of things. Perhaps. Just do some uh, just do some cam-based stuff or phone-based stuff. I feel a bit weird about that. Well. Oh, it goes on. Well, uh, it, it does go on because, here we go, this all ties into... An agony arts request. Oh, blimey. (laughs) But legal action. I was going to say, I think we already know what your answer (coughs) is. My quandary is this. I got on with this guy and we had a lot in common. Plus, he was pretty damn cute. But it seems that he's doing some online catfishing to others. Do I keep talking to him and see where things go? Or do I admit what I probably already know, that he's likely a weirdo, and cut my losses? I'm torn because you really don't meet many gay wrestling fans around here. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Oh, and my friend and I have since reported him for using Ollie's pictures. His account was deleted by us. I swapped numbers with him, and now he's on my WhatsApp. Well, that's good to know there's not a fake Ollie Davis running around. Heaven forbid there be a fake WrestleTalk character storyline going yes. on. Uh, he's also in PS, I'm not fully out either, so let's just say this is from Fitch in Deepest Darkest Scotland. Okay, cheers, Terry. Um, <laughs> uh, that's not his name, I just made a joke. 
uh, PPS, I'm sorry that I've yet to become a pledge hammer, but I've been recently made redundant so every penny's needed at the moment. Oh, it's not an excuse. It's not. <laughs> love you guys. Bye. Kiss, kiss. Weird. So, oh, I don't feel So this is his quandary, man. This. He likes this guy. There aren't many gay wrestling fans mm. in his local area. So in theory, then, I'm assuming this is the only other gay wrestling fan that he has managed to find. But... It is a guy who's also pretended to be YouTube personality Ollie Davis on Grinder. I feel like I'm too involved in this <laughs> to give you objective advice because my knee-jerk reaction is to is for you to, you know, run away from this person <laughs> and, you know, maybe shout some things on my behalf as you run. God, it's cuz he could be saying anything. It could be. It's like it is so infuriating. When you find uh, fake Twitter accounts under your name. John Ronson tells a really good story about this. Have you ever read his book on social media shaming? I have not. Really, really good. But it, it all started when this university program just made a, uh, a robot that would tweet stuff in the style of John Ronson. Hmm. And John Ronson was like, huh, that's that's funny. But can you take it down, please? Because it's it's a bit weird. And they were like, no, no, no. It's a and they got quite into the debates of it being a postmodern experiment. And John Ronson, yeah, I get all the the academic reasoning. But can you not do it? Because it's it's not nice to have, yeah. a, you know, someone claiming to be you saying views that might not be your own or, or any other thing. So, yeah, no, the more I think about it, the more sinister it is. But to give a, if, if I were to take myself out of this situation, I'm glad you found so much humour in it. Uh, <laughs> well, it wasn't me. So I, would, um, I would say there's something not morally in place in this person if this is what they do in their spare time. So I would, I would be hesitant to take them at their word for other things. So, like, I mean... Uh, unless you video called each other, I, d I wouldn't necessarily trust any pictures he sent. Well, well actually, that's a very good shout as well. Um, and that, that that's my feeling. I'm, I'm very much on the same page as you on this one. Because well, here's the thing. We, I, we don't know how many other people he has tried to do this with. I just can't see it being a successful thing. <laughs> you, like... I mean, you're Jeez. a pretty cute guy, though, right? So, like, people would have, like, if they'd have seen a picture of you're you on Grinder, you're a pretty cute guy. Like, you're, I mean, okay, you're a good-looking lad. But so, it's not so, just using my picture. I know, but it's what I'm saying, it's <laughs> Ollie Davis. <laughs> well, that's, YouTube. That's do the I, do I introduce myself like Natalia introduces <laughs> herself and Ronda Rousey? I am YouTube personality. Yeah, Ollie Davis. You Bet, should do. But Luke Owen's my best friend <laughs> <laughs> and training partner. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that you don't know how many other people that he's tried this with that tried the I am YouTube personality Ollie Davis. I think he he may be a cute guy. He may be, you know, you may have a lot in common, but he is also a bit, I think it's a bit weird to be doing that. I get that, you know, being out in probably a small area is probably a very difficult thing to do. But at the same time, you've got to own it. You can't just keep pretending that you're Ollie Davis YouTube personality. It's not even just about the the being in the closet. It's it's that he gets he spends his spare time pretending some to be someone else. Which you know we, we all do that with uh, sort of video games and stuff, I suppose, and watching movies and living through wrestlers. But then he's actively claiming 
that it's him. It's actually which a is lot hugely like hugely problematic. It's like those we used to get them a lot on our channel where people would create YouTube accounts but call themselves wrestler names and then talk about them comment on videos as if they were mm. the wrestlers. Charlotte Flair. Yeah, Alexa Bliss. Always you, ladies. Always ladies. Why well, there's uh, a Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins at the moment that I haven't blocked yet. <laughs> Um, okay, so that was that. Do you want to? Should we? Ugh. Should we sideline him into Poetry Corner instead? Yeah, this better be nice. I need to pick me up after that. Well, this one is from Harrison Berry. Um, so this was sent eleven days ago. Hi, Luke and Ollie. I'm writing this in reference to Ollie's poem. If I do say so myself, I thought it was excellent. You it also was. you also said something about wanting to hear some other poetry. So I figured here I'd throw out mine and get to know your thoughts. Now this is not wrestling related. Before you ask, now this is not like. This is what I would call probably, I mean, I've only sort of skim read it, a proper poem. Ooh. In the sense of it's not like rhyming couplets, which, oh, I, wow. which I might say, like, that, that is a poem to me. But this is like a poem that might be studied within an English class. Blimey. I, again, that's Who's just, it from again, sorry? From Harrison Berry. Again, that's just me skim reading it. It might be pants and it might just be the English class say, no, nah, it's rubbish, mate. But let's find out. I believe in a lot of lies that come from the mouth of liars, myself included. And the lies they lie to the liar by disguising themselves as truth. And in doing so, they destroy everything the liar thought he knew or thought to be true. And when the liar said he changed, he meant it. So come April, things were better. May threw things in a direction without a way, a way out. And June sealed it. All the things the liar said, he would and would not be crumbled down like a pile of ash while he struggled to speak. And the liar hurled more lies, and they weren't enough this time. The promise for change wasn't enough to make her stay. You've said it a million times before. I just don't know what to believe anymore. She said as she handed back the liar his shirt. The same shirt the liar gave to her as a reminder that he would never let her go. So as she walks away, the liar stands in the rain. And in not knowing where to take his pain, he cries and lays on the ground and waits for the light of the next day. Thanks for reading and give, uh, to give my name, Harrison from South Carolina. I just, I'm projecting, I'm projecting onto that poem about the identity <laughs> fraud. This lying liar, liar person. I didn't actually realise, but they are quite connected, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's very nice, though. It is nice. I actually, again, being a bit of a layman person, struggle to read it because I don't know how to read like poetry that's not in poetry cadence i suppose mm. you could say like that is very much written almost like as a sentence structure it's almost like a short story yeah yeah Pr prose poetry mm. they call it thank you very is, is, so is that prose poetry or i don't i would have to see how it is formatted okay prose poetry is essentially normal paragraphs hmm. well this is like lines yeah yeah but i i, I thought it was it's very nice i thought it was very good harrison well done yeah um, well, I mean, we've gone quite long on today's show. because We've got we a had, ramble club to record. And we had a, quite the bombshell. So, I mean, I'm not sure we're going to really top that email um, or that poem. So no, I think we maybe no. should call it quits there. Yep. Well, we will be back tomorrow with uh, the Raw review. No, the Smackdown, no, the review. Smackdown review. Where Shinsuke Nakamura, I think, might be the new United States champion. I think he might be as well, mm. because old Jeffrey Hardy's been a naughty boy and played guilty. So it's... Probably not long. Yeah. Not, probably not long for being a champion, is old Jeffrey. But we'll see you on tomorrow's show to see if we are correct. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.